Philippians 4 and 19, very familiar verse. says, but my God, that makes it personal. But my God shall supply part of your needs. No, all of your needs according to his riches in glory. Amen. By Christ Jesus. Now, it's important to say according to his riches and glory because they're never ending. There's not a limited supply. His bank account never runs out. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your holy word today. God, and we just pray for your anointing, the liberty of the spirit. God, I pray right now in thy name, Lord, talk to us. Help us receive it. Minister to your people. I pray for encouragement to fill the house and that every need would be met. And God, I pray for your help and your guidance in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Do you remember the uh, Christmas family pictures? following service in the Life Center would help make a good Christmas card to send out to your friends and associates, amen, and also help out uh, with a fundraiser that the ladies are doing. Someone might would say, who is God to you? Who is God to you? I'm going to give an example just to lay a little foundation of where I felt the Lord nudging me the last few days to talk about. If I were, if you were to say, who is, uh, oh goodness, I, I want to use a different illustration here, a name. Uh, who is Todd Jordan to you? Who is Todd Jordan to you? Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's the mayor of Tupelo. And to some old Mississippi State fans, he's their former quarterback. Okay? But to people on the board or people who, work with him, they would give you a little more description. If someone asked who is Sister Dylan to you, then you would have inside the church a little more conversation and a little more uh, topics are descriptive. If, uh, if her children, you were to ask them who is Sister Gwen Dylan to you, well, then you depends on what mood she was in that day. <laughs> I pick it. But then it's the list would get long. Amen. And so that determines and who this person is to you is determined by your relationship and your experiences. Amen. There's some people in the world in past life that we want to we don't want to say what they are to us. Amen. But and so I use this illustration. If we were to walk the streets of New York City today and do a survey and just come up on the crowd on Times Square and we were to say, would you share with us who God is to you? Then we would get a wide diversity of descriptives and some of them probably wouldn't be so kind. But if you came to Bible Belt USA, my wife calls it, Amen. She still can't get over Mississippi having 200 churches with 2.67 million people and Arizona 7.65 with 38 UPC churches. They need a lot more churches. Pray for Arizona. Amen. But if we were to come down here and ask someone that's in church, been raised in church, especially an elder 
uh, seasoned saints that's lived for God for 30 or 40 years, and someone like my mother, someone like Sister Carla Butler and others that we could name, and you were to ask them who God is to them, then you better get ready to sit down for a little while because they're about to give who God is to them, what he's been to them, how he's been there for them. They're going to give you some incredible testimonies that when nobody else was around, God was around. When there was no other place to get an answer, God gave an answer. That when there was no other help to be found, God was there with their help. And so they're going to tell you a long list. They may even say things like, he's Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Come on, they may say he is Jehovah Nisi, my healer. And they could go on and on and on. And then we may go through, and I didn't make a long list this morning because of the sake of time, but I'm sure somebody would say he was my deliverer when I was bound in drugs and alcohol and my life was headed on a one-way street to hell and destruction. He delivered me from the vices of sin. And another would say he's my redeemer when I was lost and undone and far from God. He redeemed my soul. Another would say he is my Savior because we look to him as the one who saved our soul, not only initially, but the one that we turn to to keep our walk with the Lord. Another would say he is my Lord. Hallelujah. My pastor used to say if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And when you say he's my Lord, that's saying I surrender everything. He's got full reign over my life. He doesn't just have portions or segments of my life, but he's in every room that I live in. He's got control over everything. He's got the final say. He's the one that we turn to. Acknowledge the Lord in all thy ways, and he shall direct thy path. Oh, hallelujah. Another would say, he's my healer. How many times the Lord ever healed you? Hello? Sister Maydeen, the list would be long this morning. Personally, that I've seen the Lord touch you time and time again. I've seen times that God would heal my body because I was stubborn and didn't want to go to the doctor and be having many different symptoms. Don't get on the Internet and start checking them out. Amen. Praise God, it'll really make you pray. Come on, how many times has God healed you? You know it was his touch. You know that he made the difference. You know that it was his virtue that came into your body. You felt it when it came. You saw the results. Brother Lee, that tumor was on your lung the size of a silver dollar. But when months or years later, when you went back, it was gone. And the comparison of the lungs, uh, the former scans replaced by the present scans, and it was a tumor here and no tumor here. Folks, that's not magic. That's a God that took stripes upon his back to heal our bodies. And I haven't given you the title this morning, but I would just say God is our everything. Hello? Look at your neighbor and say, he's my everything. I know the Magruder sang a song or did that says to me, He's become 
everything. It's one of my favorite, and I don't know if I'm taking out of context of their meaning of the uh, of the writing of that song, but what it always said to me was this, Brother Dylan, I, and the longer I live for him, the more he becomes everything. It wasn't that way in the beginning, but a year later, it was more. A decade later, it was more. 30 years later, it was more. And the longer you live for God, the more you realize he is everything. He is my reason to get up in the morning. He's my hope he's our all oh praise God another would say he's a prayer answerer how many of you ever had your prayers answered God moved mountains God settled the storms praise God Another would say, he's my friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Another one would say uh, that he is the one that I trust. He is my hope. He is my refuge. These are different topics or descriptives. Uh, Another would say, he's my strength. Uh, Another would say, he's been my help. Uh, He's been my shepherd. Praise God. And that is a very limited list of what we could describe what God and who God has been to us. He's been the light in the middle of darkness. Come on, somebody. He's been the friend when everybody else abandoned. It was David who said in the cave of Injadiah, he said, I looked on my right hand and there was no man that cared for my soul. He said, refuge failed me. He was all alone, all by himself. I'm sure it was easy to get down in the dumps, but Suddenly, suddenly, Brother Jacob, he said this, but I looked to the Lord. <laughs> Woo, who is my help? Who is my refuge? And my help in the land of the living. In other words, you ever felt alone? You ever felt where it was crushing in on you? Maybe you felt like nobody would understand. Oh, come on, somebody. Hello? They said, well, you need to talk to somebody. Well, sometimes you don't feel like talking to nobody. Hello, I'm going to get in your business this morning. Mine too. But you can always go to the Lord, the one who hears, the one who understands, the one who loves, the one who guides, the one who directs, the one that gives strength and healing. Oh, praise God. Micah said, when I fall, I shall arise. Watch this. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light about me. Oh, come on, somebody. How many times you sat in darkness and the Lord shined a light into your world when you felt like there was no hope and suddenly the Lord shined down his glory, Brother McGill, and you knew there was hope. Come on, sometimes we have to divert our attention and our focus from the darkness to the light. Hello, somebody. I want to help somebody this morning. I feel like there's some people sitting in these pews. You've been looking to the darkness too long and it's hopeless and it's nothing but fear and doubt and and. and It's a place to give up and throw in the towel. But can I tell you this morning, divert your attention from the darkness and look to the light. Hallelujah. Look to the hills from which cometh my help. Let the light illuminate our world and remind us that we serve a God who will never leave us nor forsake us. Lo, he will be with us to the ends of the world. Well, praise God. 
Matthew 6 and 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things, speaking of what the Gentiles prayed, worked for, and tried to do on their own. He said, if you'll just seek God first, then all these things shall be added unto you. That's a long list, Brother Dylan. That is an unlimited list. There's not a need that can't go on that list. He said, I'll supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Can I tell you, it's more about not just about the physical needs, but there are emotional needs. There are spiritual needs. There are financial needs. There are healing needs. There's mega needs in our life. But can I tell you about a God that if you'll put him first, he, you've got a promise. Oh, let me tell somebody that again. If you'll put him first, if if you'll make him Lord over your life, and if you'll seek his will, his way first, then you don't you got the best insurance policy you'll ever have. He said he shall add all these things, all these shall be added unto you. I'm not there's so much we could talk about. I grew up with a mama that knew how to pray because we didn't have money. Huh? My mama knew how to do things. Uh, one of the classmates I had from years ago on our little high school page, our high school hadn't been there in, since about 1982, 84, because they consolidated. But I graduated in 77, and they was putting different things out there the other day. And one commented about my mom, said, I, it always, and this had to be about the seventh grade. So that would, you know, about 1972, been a long time ago. 51 years, matter of fact. She added up. And so she said, I'll never forget those shirts, Western shirts your mom made with the fringes on the back. She said, I don't know why that always stuck out to me. You know why? That my mama made me cowboy Western shirts with fringes on the back? Because we couldn't afford to buy them. Hello? She even had the rhinestones she could put on some of them, but we couldn't afford to buy them. But she knew her boy wanted something like the other boys wore. So she come up with a way. Come on, I'm just using that as an example today. I'm telling you, we serve a God that knows our needs. He knows what we what our wants are. And he will do whatever it takes. You might not can afford it. You might not can do this or that. But we serve, that's a crazy illustration, I know. But I'm telling you, we serve a God that is unlimited. He cares about the most minor things that we consider minor, but they're important to us. Come on, let me go ahead and tell somebody right now. What you consider minor to God and major to you is a major to God. Hello? Now, I'm going to use this illustration. Don't, don't, you know, throw me out over it. But Hugh Freeze was asked by a reporter. This is a coach, former coach Ole Miss now at Auburn. And he always prayed and taught his players to pray and emphasize the, the spiritual matters and always, you know, promoting the Lord. And some reporter asked him one day, said, Coach Freeze, do you really think God cares about football? He said, no. It, but he cares about me and everything I do. Come on, somebody. I don't know if God cares about football. I know he don't. 
I don't know if he cares about that part of Hugh Freeze's life. But I know one thing, what we consider major to us and minor to God, go ahead and get notice this morning. If it's major to you, it's major to God. We were in the county jail in Jeff Davis County. We'd been going to Lawrence County for about two or three years and growed and started going to two different county jails. And we had a jailer there. I'll never forget him, what he looked like. I, I think his name was Malcolm. I can't remember for sure, but I think that was it. But he would give us fits. He would interrupt. But I'm telling you, it's like he knew when the Holy Ghost got to move it. And he looked like he knew when people went to praying for the Holy Ghost, he'd come on that intercom and go, all right, boys, y'all going to have to shut her down now. And it didn't matter what time it was. It wasn't like a concern. So we caught on. And he would interfere with our baptisms. And he would try to do everything he could to disrupt because he didn't, you know, the devil was using him. I'll just put it that way. You know, the devil used folks. Come on. And so we just ride on the ride home one night. I looked at Brother Owens. I said, look. Let's call him Malcolm, in case that was his name. I said, he ain't going to quit. Let's bind together and start praying for either God to straighten him up or move him out. That's all. That's what you used to call shape up or ship out. And we bound together, Brother Dylan. You know some of this. I'm going to tell some of it in a minute. But we went to praying. And you know, in just about two or three weeks, I don't want to put a time frame, but just a few weeks, he got fired. And they brought a new jailer that was real good to us. He would help us get water down to the bullpen to baptize folks. He would cater. I'm telling you, God knows our needs. I remember going to Parchment, and Brother Dylan, you remember when they weren't going to let us baptize. You were, you were the prison director at that time, and y'all had to go all the way to the governor. And so they tried it again when I became director. I ain't going to call his name. I almost said it. <laughs> anyway, he was a rounder. That's what we call him, Brother Rounder. That's what we're going to call him today. And so we got it. So Brother Rounder just wanted to stop us. He, 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 had, he was going to, I was a new, fresh guy, Brother Dylan. He asked me to take the lead on that in the district to prove that. So here I am on my first crusade. And he calls me into his office. It's all right. And he said, I'm going to pick you apart all week long, all weekend. I go, what, what have I done? I'm not Charlie Brown. And uh, so, and he did. He had me in the office several times a day the whole weekend. And I was so aggravated and frustrated. And I'm going, I'm trying to lead a crusade, and this guy's giving me fits. And it, the next year, just same kind of stuff, and he was blocking us. Remember, Brother Dylan, he'd, he'd say there's a storm coming. He shut, we'd get down, and he'd shut us down. We'd have to come back. Or there's a ruckus going on. He'd shut us. I'm, I'm going somewhere. Just bear with me. And, and just... Constantly giving us fits. Finally, I called for a meeting with the commissioner of the Department of Corrections in Jackson. And, I, I, of course, I worked through uh, Brother Tipton, and, uh, which was our NAM director at the time. and uh, He might have been superintendent by that time, but we went. And uh, it was a whole commission board, the whole Department of Correction, uh, chief deputy, the commissioner, all these High-profile folks were there. I had a list of 11 things that I needed. 
in order to do a, an efficient crusade. I mean, he was just giving us fit. I don't mean to be long with the story. But on the ride down, I remembered something that happened to Sister Amy Sawyer and how she handled it and how she just let a humble spirit move in and it changed the whole, I ain't got time to tell the story. But I remember that on the ride down, I said, Lord, I need you to do that for me today. I'm running into some brick walls and I'm running into some, un, uh, some unfriendly territory. And so we got there and it wasn't about five or ten minutes into our meeting. Something was said by another party that was with us that made them fuming mad. You could see almost the smoke coming out of their ears. And I go, oh, God. And this person looked at me and said, it's your turn. I said, no, no. And, and I, I remember that prayer I prayed. I'm talking about what the Lord will do. I'm talking about all our needs. He took me. He's everything. And I just stopped. I laid my presentation to the side. I laid my uh, request to the side, Brother Dylan. And I just began to share our heart. Why we were there, what our goals were, why important some of the results we'd seen and how much. I don't even know what. I, 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 I wasn't prepared, but I just. And when I did, I looked. Sister King, and across that room of about 12 men, I watched as the countenance of their faces changed. I go, oh, boy. You know who did that? God. <laughs> Just like he did for Sister Amy Sawyer at the Toyota place that day. I saw the same expression switch from no way in that hard wall to just open up. And God did that. And we walked away that day with 10 out of the 11 requests and one we didn't even ask for. And the door swung wide open. We were able to go in monthly with three different teams, which we had not been able to do in years and years. But I'm telling you, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what's going on on your job. I don't know what mountain you're up against. I don't know who's come against you. I don't know what's happening in your world. But I want to tell you about a God that you can take it to the Lord in prayer. Come on, somebody. He can change the paperwork. He can turn the countenance of men. He can turn the hearts of men. Well, hallelujah anyhow. Come on, somebody. Say praise the Lord. Let's go a little further. Now. It's 1048, so I want to be conscious of the time. Amen. About three days ago, I typed these words, and so I'm going to share them with you. Amen. I don't like reading notes, but what I felt like the Lord was in telling me, it was just like I was sitting there, and I shared with a close friend of mine the other day. I see like the Lord quickened me that no matter where you're at, he's there. No matter what you're going through, he's there. No matter what you're facing, He's there. That when you go through the fire, he'll be there. Come on, somebody. He was there for Esther. Oh, praise God. Come on, somebody. Mordecai. He was there. He turned the things around. Come on, clap your hands to Jesus. And so here's what I typed out. 
God is saying, I am your everything. To the children of God, he became their cloud by day and their pillar of fire by night. When you're going through the fire, I'm there. When the storms are raging, I'm there. When you feel there's no hope, I'll bring you hope. When you're bound, I'll set you free. When you're alone, I'm always there. When you've lost it all, I'm the restorer of all. When you're lost and wondering, I'll come look and I'll find you. I'll be the lily of your valley. Come on, somebody. In Isaiah 59 and 19, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against them. Oh, Shatahaya. I'm not going to use it, Brother McGill, but the other day you read me a scripture, and it, it, it spoke into my life, and it was a word directly from God, but I didn't put it in here But I, for whatever reasons, but I want you to know, God, the weapon formed against you shall prosper. Come on, somebody. And the Bible says in Psalm 46 and 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Come on, somebody. Isaiah 43 and 2 says, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. When the, through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Psalm 23 and 4, even though I walk through the valley of death, I, will, I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Joel 2 and 25 says, and I I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, he was everything to Abraham. He was everything to Jacob. He was everything to, to, to Joseph. He was everything to David. And he's everything to you and I today. Let's stand together. I just felt an encourage to encourage and felt the Lord quickening me throughout the week. And I wish I'd have just locked into it and delved into it real deeply. But I think you get what God is trying to say. No matter where you're at, He's there with you. No matter what you're facing, you don't have to face it alone. He didn't deliver the Hebrew boys from having to go through the fire, but he was in the fire with them. He didn't deliver Daniel from the lions, den of lions, but he was there with him. Hello, somebody. I'm telling you about a God that's going to be with you no matter what this old world throws at you. I feel so strong in the Holy Ghost. God's talking to some people this morning. Come on. 
want to remind you he's there. He's never changed. He is the he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is well experienced at bringing people through the fire. Come on, somebody. Bringing people through the storms. He'll walk on the water if he has to. He'll come walking through the walls if he need to. He'll move on your heart and mind and bring clarity. I was praying the other day, heavy about a situation in somebody's life and world, interceding with God. That's the thing. You can't make other people do things, so you just have to pray. And I was praying, and it was heavy on my heart, and I was burdened down with it. And all of a sudden, the Lord spoke. He said, I am going to take care of it. I said, thank you, Jesus. That's all I needed. I'm still praying, but I'm praying with a promise. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about a God that will go for us. He'll make a way where there seemeth to be no way. He'll make a way in the wilderness. He'll be your cloud by day, and he'll be your pillar of fire by night. Oh, Every head bowed and every eye closed, please. I want the Holy Ghost to operate. God didn't give me this message, Brother Dylan, just to cause this Sunday morning and we need one. But God is talking to hearts. I heard Brother Tom Durant's friend of mine from California the other day on a podcast not this subject but he ended his podcast with this he said every Sunday I tell my folks what I'm preaching today is going to help you on Monday hello what God gives us to preach to you on Sunday it'll help you on Monday it'll help you on Tuesday because God is our helper God will help her in that right early God is our everything. I open these altars today, ma'am, sir. I'd love for you to come and pray.